Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, a packed calendar racing from all around the world. We're going from continent to continent, starting with Asia, Formula One and Formula Two. Then we head to Europe for WEC and MotoGP. And then it's North America for Indy Lights and NASCAR. Then down under to Australasia for supercars, back home for superbikes, and a quick trip to Austria as well, where we see the new Women's F1 Academy. We're going to start with Formula One, Tiff, uh, unless you've got any gossip. I mean, the hot topic for me is not really the race, although Sergio Perez is my new hero of the season. Uh, Unbelievable. And it's a start... shame because, you know, you know you're know you going to start with what? With the I'm going to start with saying that I'm now not a Lewis hand. Lewis Hamilton fan, I'm a Sergio Perez fan because he's the only person who can stop Max Verstappen. <laughs> it's a shame, really, because, you know, Max was back to moaning Max and, I, and all the, and we'll go on to the, you know, the, the pit lane controversy as well. But it's actually a shame that, that all the headlines detract from an incredible weekend from Sergio Perez, who on this very podcast, we have occasionally doubted his talents when compared with the mercurial Max. And um, he just had the most incredible weekend. And well, you I say doubted his talents, doubted his talents. Sorry, Tiff, to cut you short, but doubted his talents. We both said he should go and they should replace him yeah. with someone else. I mean, yeah. it's just, that's how much he was doubted. But who does wrong? It, it reminds me a bit of Valtteri Bottas with, with Lewis. Because occasionally Valtteri, you know, when the track was one he liked and the car happened to be that weekend, the car he liked... You know, Valtteri would just on these odd occasions, you know, be beating Lewis and... Uh, so I still don't think, you know, Sergio's going to be a challenge to, to Max's championship. Um, it was just a shame in the race, apart from anything else, that, that Max didn't catch him up and have a bit of a battle, wasn't it? That was the, one of the biggest disappointments with a very disappointing, boring, flipping race. Um, the, the, Max couldn't catch him. I mean, we, we go back. Oh, and the moaning Max started, of course, in the sprint race when, when George came up the inside and... Um, Touched his side. Those side pods must be flimsy. I think they're made of wafer thin. It's such thin carbon yeah. fibre, isn't it? Um, Back in the day, but, it must be an aluminium for you, I guess. Yeah, you can bounce off someone, put a dent yeah. in their aluminium side pod, and continue. <laughs> or fib- fiberglass, it would have been. Um, but even so, in the max moaning afterwards, I mean, what is he like? Or is he one little touch? You know, and George apologised. Said, "Yeah, okay, I came inside. I didn't have the grip." And I slid into you. It happens. I mean, that is of all the racing incidents, as a racing incident is when you know someone on cold tyres. Um, you know, Max sort of said, "Why did you? I, w- I would overtake you in three laps anyway." Well, in that case, Max, why didn't you back out of it? <laughs> Let George through. I and mean, they were virtually side by side coming into turn one. With, with obviously, uh, George was a bit behind. But you know, if Max was this sort of, I would overtake you in three laps anyway. Back to his arrogant self, he should have just ducked down, overtaken him in three laps. But uh, it's a, shame, it's a shame you and I are already talking about this, and it is the, it is the hot topic. I mean, Max, Max uh, it just, just completely lost it. And I can understand that. I'm going to actually um, stand up for Max a little bit here. I can understand that, because I've been there before, and something happens, and yeah. the heat of the moment. But what I can't understand, Max, is why he's so bloody arrogant <laughs> afterwards, the day afterwards, or an hour afterwards, or 10 minutes afterwards. But the day after, you've had time to think about it. You've, you've probably yeah. looked at social media. Drop it. Drop it. Just say, oh, you know, I overreacted, and and put your hand up. What a no, I mean, I would... entitled little shit he is by being like that. It's so unnecessary. No, well, I would have, I would, I would have had a go at, at um, 
thing straight after, you know, I'd have had a crack at yeah. him and say, you know, blimmin' hell, diving up the inside, yeah. you, you know, look what he'd done to my exactly. butt. He apologised, sorry, mate, you know, and then, yeah. you know, then it dies down by the end of the exactly. evening, you know. Oh, dear. And then, of course, in the race, you know, Max moaning about the pit stops, which I don't think, you know, you could blame the strategists, you know. He was going on after the race... You can see the wheel was broken. Well, to be honest, when I was looking on the TV, you couldn't see whether the front left wheel was broken. I was expecting him to reverse back. So, I mean, to then have a go at his own team for losing him the race. Um, And then he just said the car didn't handle that well. And so, uh, yeah, Max had a bit of a bullshit. He was moaning before the race about sprint races and doesn't want to. He was was just having a bit of a moody weekend, which detracted from uh, Sergio's amazing weekend. Well, so, I'm, I'm going to detract a little bit more because I'm going to bring your attention to uh, Article 12.2.1.K, which uh, is misconduct. Oh, I got an Amazon delivery. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have to... Uh... Leave it at the front door, mate. Ah, sorry, I'm back now. Got the delivery. Uh, so Article 12.2.1.K is about misconduct. So the whole global audience heard Max call uh, George a dickhead. So that's misconduct. So there should be, that's a breach of the FIA rules. And what have they done? Nothing. No, nothing. It's just, well, I don't think they should do anything personally because we all, we've all no. been there, but it's a, the rules of rule. In fact, talking of new rules, another thing before we go on to the, the, the worst element of the uh, pit lane fiasco from the FIA um, was that Crofty was banging on about how the Red Bull boys were all clinging to the fence which the week before had been banned by the FIA. But it, t- it said fence climbing. The team will be punished. Um, I never, I, we couldn't quite see whether any of the Red Bull boys had climbed the fence or they were just leaning on the fence. But Crofty was pointing that out first. Maybe luckily for Red Bull, the, uh, them getting the photographers out to start parking up the podium cars. And, you know, I mean, you, you could say that the Red Bull mechanics rushing across the road en masse sort of gave the impression to everybody else that you know the, the race was about to go over and nothing would be coming down the pit lane see but um we can't give red bull more stick for that it it, it was a weird thing to happen and, and terrifying you know i mean you knock on because there's a kink you can't actually see the pit lane can you when you're coming in uh, from 200 miles an hour down to what 100 and then down to the pit lane speed limit because you go through a little sort of s-bend so it is amazing <laughs> these things come up and shoot the FIA in the foot. So how um, good how good was Sergio Perez this weekend? Yeah, it was just... He did clip the wall, though. He's admitted, he hasn't he? He gave the wall. I didn't, nobody seemed to notice that on the television. He gave and he right didn't notice. Bash. Most, most but, of the drivers um, say, oh, I've hit the wall, am I okay? Sergio yeah. always doesn't say anything because he mm. almost doesn't want to bring attention to his bad driving sometimes. Uh, but I mean, we'll go on just about the race in general. I mean, we'll go on to about, about Baku, but I mean... There were some good results and bad results. Mercedes, I mean, it's such a shame that they were, were out of the pace. You know, hope, we keep on hoping to have at least yeah. six cars in with a chart. Mercedes were nowhere all weekend. Um, and and uh, Aston Martin weren't as good. I mean, again, uh, it was a brilliant race. Fernando once well, again dived up. So it, was, it was sorting Lewis out, didn't he? And went on to yeah. a good fourth place. But, but in, terms of, in terms of Mercedes, uh, I think for the first time ever... Lewis and they both pitted, Lewis and George, after the safety car, both on hard tyres, both same fuel, one would assume, and Lewis bossed George. Yeah. Princess yeah. George, as Max likes to call him. Um, yes, George, but, George didn't have a very good weekend. He wasn't uh, that happy, was he, either? Um, 
But at least McLaren's had a bit of a comeback. They were looking better. Was Alpine? What a wicked Alpine had! They were in the Weird. wall. They were broken down. Poor old Gasly. They really are. They really are going bad at the moment. Nick De Vries, another bad weekend. We talked about him after the last race. How you know Yuki's sorting him out and um, all that promise after Monza. I'm not sure he'll be in the job for for next year or even for the rest of this year. The way he's going, because you know, crashing, qualifying, then the mistake in the race. Who are they going to replace him with? That's the million dollar question, I guess. Well, I know. Yeah. Well, I don't know who's the next in their academy. I suppose it could be the Red Bull boy we've been talking about over in Japan, Lawson, that's doing so well in um, Japanese Super Formula. They could bring him in. They've got quite a few Red Bulls that they could give in there. Um, but you know, going back to back of this circuit, this dull race, you know, we've got Wolf to saying, you know, we've got to sort something out at Baku. Um, but what what can you sort out? I mean, the problem is they're now saying that the, 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 they've developed in the second year this new formula, Ross Braun's great overtaking formula. I won't mention Ross Braun too much often, how he thinks he's done such a great job. Um, they're saying because they've now gained a bit more downforce out of these new regulations. They're causing more of a wake again, so overtaking is harder than ever before. Um, and, and DRS is still a weird thing, isn't it? To, to Joe Public, or even to me and you, we see what Red Bull's got this amazing flap design. I mean, the way it overtook, oh, it was well, just, it's, just, it's just drive by, you know. And yet in the middle of the field, you've got Tulkenberg, who started on the heart of the medium tyre at the back. Um, and then all the tyre changes came up behind. And he, he, we had a Hulkenberg queue. Now, this all relates to the fact that you can have a car like a Williams is the same. They're quick in a straight line on their own. And the other cars are a bit draggy and not as smooth as Red Bull. Can't even overtake. Whereas in a DRS zone, which which Red Bull make as a drive past, and everybody else just, I, I can't, no, no, I haven't got enough to get by Hulkenberg in a Haas with worn out tyres. I mean, you need, because towards the end of the race, they did start overtaking Hulkenberg because his tyres finally lost their grip. So, well, of course, need, Hulkenberg need... and Ocon were both hoping for another yeah. safety car, of yeah. course. Which is why Ocon was still out with one lap to go, which is, of course, yeah. something that um, the Williams did so well, didn't they, a year or two ago with the brilliant drive to, to got them yeah. through. But so, what do you do about Formula One? If they're admitting it was a boring race... And then admitting, I mean, Baku was a fan. I love the look of Baku. I love watching yeah. racing cars around Baku. It's a spectacular scene. It's it's a you know great for cars on their own. So many shots of them just skimming the walls. You know that's what I love to see that Japanese you know, like, slow mo shots skimming the walls yeah. and going up by the castle. That's just, that little scene. And it's fast as well. It's a fast. Yeah. I don't know what you do. Do we've got this these regulations for three more years, and I can't see any major changes being made. So they're talking about tinker. What do you tinker with? I mean, you tinker with DRS. So if you gave more DRS length, which would help the midfield boys, then you give Red Bull an even bigger advantage. Um, so it's finally a rule that you know suits some and not others. That doesn't something that suits everybody. Um, maybe it's in the tires. Maybe they've got to sort out tires to a different degree of degradation or something that gives a better strategy. That that's when you get more overtaking when one tire in front of you's got you know, really worn out tyres. Um, it's all a bit artificial, though. It's not real racing, is it? You got any, got any clues? How are you going to sort out Baku to be a... I mean, we've got it signed. They've signed the contract the next three years, so we're well, going back, there. Baku was more exciting than a lot, just for that reason alone. The, like you said, the jeopardy of getting so close yeah. to the to the barriers. Yeah. And, and it's not like you've got any runoff. If you hit the barrier, then typically, as we found out with a couple of the, the guys, you, you're out of the race. So yeah. uh, Perez was lucky, but Perez 
uh, did well. But the, the you know the story of the weekend probably and that, again we're not talking about it was Charles Charles Leclerc who managed to get pole position oh. uh, for for both races, which is you know pretty phenomenal. Really, it just shows the pace of the single race. But then as soon as you get out of a single lap, as soon as you get out into the race, that's it. The well, Red Bull. He, well, he wears his tires out. That's the yeah. trouble. Leclerc, but he virtually let back spy. He didn't try and defend. You know. Because he knows he can't do that There's pace no in the race yeah. without the tyres getting. So yeah. <laughs> this is the incredible Red Bull design that they, they go faster than anyone else and wear their tyres out less than anyone else. And have got a better um, uh, DRS than anyone else. It's just an incredible design. And, and that's it. <laughs> that's it for the next three years if uh, all these modifications on the other cars don't work. We've seen it many times before with uh, teams that dominate, though, and you can't take it away from Adrian Newey and Red Bull. But yeah. I just, Christian Horner, uh, you know, not that he listens to this, but just smile <laughs> once in a while. Don't be so smug. Don't be so conceited all the time. Just just smile once in a while. You're doing so well. Your team is amazing. Yeah. I just like to see a smile. Or every time he goes on Sky, Sky Sports. Mm, it's it, serious. It's serious. Oh, it's so serious. The Ferraris are really, they're, they're really uh, fast this weekend. And we got our work cut out. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. It's another one, too, unless you crash. Oh. Right. Let's move on from a, a boring <laughs> Grand Prix, boring race. But Who was your driver of the weekend? Oh, obviously, Ollie Berman in the Formula 2 No, race. Formula 1. <laughs> who was your driver of the weekend? Well, come on to Formula 2. Well, nobody stood out, really. I mean, who did anything out of the ordinary apart from Perez? Perez is my driver of the weekend because he did something against the grain. Yeah. Blew Max away. So um, manages, manages his tyres. Well done, Sergio. Okay. But Ollie Behrman. Well done, Ollie Behrman. You've said it. I've been you've said it for two years. I've been weeks, saying weeks, it for yeah. years. Yeah, years. Um, yeah. Incredibly, next week he'll be old enough to vote. I mean, just. <laughs> How I mean, old just is he? Double, is he seventeen. Seventeen. <gasps> seventeen wow. year old. You know, he's won in Formula Four and Formula Three races. He's won, and, and just you know, he's on pole position. I don't know quite why he started ninth and not tenth in the reverse grid race. Anyway, he started ninth, whatever. He some of us had a grid deduction. Uh, it was a bit fortuitous because when they had a, a restart under after all on coldish tyres, the front two both hit the wall. But then you know, Ollie Behrman didn't hit the wall. He got through yeah. turn one, and Make then he managed up. to outfumble his teammates, the much more experienced teammate, the same car. Prima obviously is a really good car. Prima Motorsport, we always say, is the the best chassis, but the best drivers tend to get there. Uh, and he just did Vesti on the last lap with a lovely undercut. And then in the in the main race, he just dominated. I mean, it's incredibly good. And I don't think I've looked it up. People are saying he raced at Baku. He didn't. Formula Three weren't at Baku last year, so I don't think he's even raced around Baku. A r- rookie coming along. Wow, a fastest lap. So I really. When did he win the Autosport Award? Was that last year or the year before? He hasn't done it. That's oh, the point. Oh, I want to see oh, the judges. Oh. I want to stand on Derek Warwick's toes and say why how <laughs> you know the guys that Zach O'Sullivan and Zach O'Sullivan beat him last year who beat him this year somebody else beat him this year the name's gone um incredible yeah so I want to know why Behrman they think he, he was the second best driver two years running fascinating well, to know that fascinating yeah absolutely yeah but he did incredibly well uh uh, and and uh, those things sound good as well. They sound a bit better than Oh, the sound great. There's some good <laughs> racing. There's some ducking and diving going on in the midfield. So, yeah, it was a good race, the Formula 2. Good. Um, 
So then we'll leave Formula One, the controversial world of Formula One, and head to the fast developing. Let's go into Europe for the WEC, the World Endurance Championship. What a race on Saturday they had. Um, this new hypercars and the Daytona hypercars. A lot of controversy, though, which maybe if we go to the race, these cold tyre problem, which I'm hoping the Grand Prix drivers <laughs> aren't listening to the World Endurance Championship <laughs> drivers. They're all moaning like mad. They've got no tyre warmers. At Spa. It was cold. Um, of course, they had the first round in Sebring. But even Sebring, like James Collado on an outlap put his Ferrari into the wall. Um, now, th- when they talk about these tyres, Michelin, the tyre manufacturer, any tyre manufacturer, they can make the cold tyre first lap grippier. So there are ways you know, the tyre engineers could help this problem. Uh, but these very complicated hypercars, all their electric generation and masses of torque, are incredibly difficult on cold tyres. A lot of the drivers, and Brendan Hartley stuck his Toyota at the barriers at the top of Eau Rouge on an outlap, didn't even do a qualifying lap. So they, they kind of to start from the back of the grid. Um, James Clark, as I said, had a crash at Sebring. And um, in the race, Antonio Fiocco in the Ferrari, they were battling for third place. And he was just coming out down out of the pit lane at La Source Hairpin. There's a slight kink as you're going down the hill towards Eau Rouge. And you could hear a whoop, you know, the traction was broken by the masses of torque and he punted it into the barriers. Um, now, you know, some may say, and I would say that it's something they've got to get used to. You know, they didn't all crash. You know, it wasn't as if everybody coming out of the pit lane found their car uncontrollable. Um, what but they surely you get used to it. The Twitter was the light, wasn't it? With people saying, "Oh, we got to have cut. This is dangerous. You've got to have tire oh, no, warmers." No. But, but you know, manage it. You lose ten seconds. That's the problem. This is what I like about cold tires because we'll come to the IndyCar race later, which came alive because you had a car come out the pit on cold tires and another car attacking it. I mean, it's just a driver's skill. Yeah. Now, maybe it is so silly at the moment that it should be a little bit better by working on the tire compounds or something. But I remember at Le Mans now, they've they, they built a slick that works in the wet. So if they can drive those, but they heated up, they were, I don't know, they heated up. But the point is, it is very tricky. They are moaning a lot, but not everybody crashed. <laughs> um, but it still was a study race, because Colin said, said the, the race started in wet track, dry, a drying wet track, and the Toyota started on slicks, the, the lead Mike uh, Conway. Uh, who had the start? He was on pole because the Ferrari Ferrari lost their pole position from Giovinazzi due to track limits. And they showed the incident. It was up at what they call a Malmody at the top, where there's a huge curve and gravel. And he actually had two wheels in the gravel, spitting gravel. And I sort of think, well, um, surely the gravel there is a self policing track limit because you don't want to be in too much of gravel, it'll slow you down. So I would have thought at certain corners, you know, when you go over a curve onto a tarmac runoff and you gain an advantage coming out of the corner, I suppose rules are rules. But anyway, he just put a couple of wheels of the gravel at Malmody, <laughs> so lost his pole position. And then there's amazing, you know, first 10 laps, this Toyota on slicks just dropping back like a stone while the Ferraris rush forward in their wet tires. Um, so Ferraris, Ferraris, win, Ferraris win in terms of looks. Cool, that's a good oh, looking I know. But, but but not with the onboards. Don't don't listen to too much of the, the only trouble is these fabulous looking hypercars, brilliant spectacle for the future. On board sound is horrendous. Oh, it sounds like a Formula E when you're in the cockpit because all that regen, it's a regen that makes all the noise. Um 
But then the race progressed. There was all sorts going on. I mean, René Van der Zand had a huge shunt down at uh, Eau Rouge in his Cadillac. Big crash. Uh, took too much curb on the left-hand side and bounced the car up and lost control. Uh, Jacques Villeneuve was taken out by a wandering uh, Italian amateur, Francesco Castellacci. Took the Van Wall out. It's great it's a Van Wall name. They're still struggling. They're about the slowest. There were 13 hypercars um, in the race at Spa. It's a growing field. Uh, I just love watching it. Richard Westbrook was with a star of the Catalan. He was trying to overtake a Ferrari for lap after lap, but the Ferrari was a bit quicker out of Eau Rouge, quicker up the long straight. It was great dicing going on. Um, Peugeot's were rubbish again. I predicted that as well. As soon as you know I saw what? the wingless, wingless car. Because they've got no wing, Tiff. One of my mates told me that. But they'll be all right in Le Mans. <laughs> That's the only race. I've, I've driven so many tests with cars with wings hung low out the back. And unless you've got Adrian Newey doing it, it doesn't work. So they, they struggle like mad. Great back right at the end. James Collado and the, the, the surviving Ferrari was catching the, the Cadillac. I don't know who was driving it. Whose Cadillac was running uh, third. And uh, I'm going to have to cough. Slight cough. <clears throat> oh, and... Um, Got past the third place about three laps ago. So uh, great drive by James Collado to get the Ferrari up on the podium. So lots of stuff going on. Um, who, of course, there's, there's LMP2, which also provides great racing. Forget who won it. Where have I got it? So, well, Robert Kubica. That was a bit of news. Yeah, Robert Kubica. Yeah. I mean, it's Kubica or Kubica. I've always said Kubica. I've always said Kubica. Um, so great to see him again. You know, he's disappeared out of the Formula One world, but he's still a professional racing driver, winning races. He's having a great time. You say Porsche uh, or Porsche? Porsche. I was having a bit of factory Porsche cars, Great Britain, man. I have to obviously know how to pronounce the word correctly. Um, do you, say, do you but, say Munich or München? I say Munich. Don't you start now. Because <laughs> you should mention the winning Toyota was Mike Conway, who led away from pole uh, with Kamui Kobayashi and Jose Maria Lopez. The other Toyota came all the way from the back of the grid to still finish second. I mean, they still dominate in efficiency and team orders and pit stops and strategy. Um, so the other Porsche, as I say, um, came through to second. But the, the Cadillac, there was a Porsche, not a Cadillac, he took the third place off, was the first Porsche in fourth place. They're all the lead lap. So Ferrari, Porsche and Toyota all in the lead lap. Um, Finally, GT, the biggest story of GT was uh, this French girl, this 22-year-old lady, young lady, Lilou Wadou, uh, who was part of the winning team in her Ferrari. Um, again, it's sort of, you know, you, you never know when they're sharing a car, you know, how quick they are. Because Lilou is quick, but I'd love to know individual lap times. Because you've got a very quick young Italian, Alessio Rivera, is, is part of the team as well. So it, it, was, it was brilliant. It was fantastic that a, a female won and was on the top yeah. of the podium. Absolutely fantastic. I would have liked, put her in single like, seaters. Yeah. Well, we'll come, on, single we'll come on to that in a moment with uh, Indie Lights. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but again, I think we just got to be a bit realistic. We just got to get more women into motorsport. Well, if they want to, if mm. they choose to do that. But um, uh, because it's, it shouldn't be about men and women. It should just be. Oh, no. Well, a lot of fuss was made by the commentators that she was the first winner of a world championship race or something. But well, Desiree Wilson, Desiree Wilson great, yeah. the greatest, fastest female driver I raced against in the British Formula One Championship. Really talented female driver. She won the Monza Thousand Kilometers and the Silverstone Six outright in a prototype car. But that never... was, I think, it, it was called the World Endurance Drivers Challenge or okay. something. But it, it was still a world championship. 
Yeah, they're trying to make headlines, but there's Louise still no Deason, doubt. That, Louise Deason, no Caton racing driver, very fast. You keep on moving, but you've got to move <laughs> up the levels. But still, nevertheless, a great drive like Lulu. She actually tested a hypercar, I think, over the winter, did some impressive lap time. So a real, I'd love to see her in a single-seater, see how she can get on. Yeah. So um, great I... entertainment at Spa in the World Endurance Championship. I love jumping around a little bit. So 2021 uh, Autosport Young Driver was Zach O'Sullivan. 2022 was Luke Browning. Luke Browning, that's it. Yeah. And they're both really talented, you know. Just you know, both Zach and Luke are really good. And 200 grand better off as well because that's what they win, which I didn't realise. Yes. Um, as opposed to the 1,000 pounds I won when I won the equivalent award in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so now move further west. We're moving west all the time. The MotoGP, Yere Jerez, Jerez, Jerez. Um, fantastic race, yeah. the MotoGP, they put on a show, don't they? I mean, um, but there were two nasty crashes in the sprint race. Uh, there was a nasty crash at turn two, which took out the championship leader, Marco Besecchi, who's got a bit beaten up. They also fell off in the main race. So the championship leader had a terrible weekend uh, riding for the um, Rossi, Valentino Rossi's team. Um, uh, but the, the, the sprint race was epic. We've got these KTM boys. And they're both full on. Brad Binder, the South African, Jack Miller, the Aussie, who was sacked by Ducati last year, and he's now in this KTO. And KTO had got this bike working better and better because Binder won, uh, not Brazil, Argentina, that weird track in the middle. He won the sprint race before. But now they've got quick bikes, and they were battling for the lead teammates. And, uh, I mean, Binder's got this sideways style. He was going into the turn six hairpin with the, like a speedway rider almost. He would break so late, drop the back out, then hold it on the throttle. Uh, and that huge grin he's got. I'm sure he's got extra teeth because when he smiles, you just see teeth. Um, but uh, but um, he held on to win, whereas um, with the, the reigning champion, Bagnaia, and Ducati managed to split the two KTMs at the end, got ahead of Miller. And Jorge Martin was fourth. And the front four covered by 0.853 of a second Amazing. in the sprint race. Um, the main race then had another nasty crash, which affected the, the race. Had to have red flag it going into turn two again. Uh, where Fabio Quattararo in the Yamaha was having an awful season. The bike's slow. He's a former world champion. And yeah. he's, just, he's fighting almost too hard. He had this clash, um, which sadly um, put um, Miguel Oliveira in the hospital with a dislocated shoulder. And they, the stewards penalised Quattararo. And although the commentators said it was a, just an accident, I think Quattararo was being a bit too aggressive because he put his front wheel between two bikes ahead of him. Uh, and the one on his right, who happened to be Bisecki, closed him down a bit. But he just clattered into both of them and took Oliveira with himself into the gravel. Um, got a drive-through penalty for the restart. Because luckily, because of a red flag, Quattararo was able to go back and get on a spare bike and, and join the pack for the restart. <laughs> he had to do a, a long lap, as they call it, which is quite a good idea. I quite like the handicap, so you have to go through the longer loop. But on the way out of the loop, out of a hairpin, he's, he's inside the road, and he looks over his shoulder because he's got to rejoin safely. And his rear tyre went, I'm not kidding, that much into green tarmac. The way it was painted, because it's blue with white light, and it just the, the line sort of had a bit of kink. So he just put his rear tyre over two feet, and got another long lap penalty. Now, by now, the commentators get a bit peed off. They didn't agree with the first um, penalty. They got even up to have a second penalty. And then Bagnaia, we had the KTMs out front again in the main race, but Bagnaia had this big lunge at Miller, 
and into the hairpin. The middle went a bit wide, so Bang uh, Nye put his wheels in and they had a bit of a bump. Just a bit of a bump. As they came out of the corner, Bang Nye apologized, put his hand up. Sorry, mate. Miller did a sort of Australian no, no problem <laughs> side or something. I couldn't see the hands. <laughs> anyway, and the stewards made Bang Nye drop back behind Miller. They ordered him to drop back. The commentators who, who now, they're commentating like, we were in Formula One about 10 years ago, you know, all these extra regulations and stewards are becoming obsessive in MotoGP and they're getting fed up with it saying, you know, well, this is racing, you know, we're going to ruin the racing. So there weren't a bit of controversy, but nevertheless, the race was still fantastic because uh, Binder got out of the front again, it was pulling away a bit, made a bit of gap. Uh, and then Bangnaya, I mean, had to overtake Miller twice because he'd done it once, they got told to drop back and then he did it again. Called, tracked him down and got by with about three laps to go or two laps to go. Um, Binder had another go, tried to stay with him. But it was a really, really cracking race on these amazing bikes. It was actually the same podium, though, the main race, although Bagnaia won the main race and uh, Binder won the sprint because um, Jorge Marti came fourth yet again. So, great stuff. Moto2, <laughs> bit like a Formula 1 race. Moto2 was dull. I hate to say this about motorbike race, boys, but it was dull, apart from the fact... The person out front, miles out front from pole position, was none other than Britain's Sam Lowe's. So although it wasn't a very hectic race, it was fantastic. Sam hasn't won for a year and a half. Um, and he just dominated because the guy chasing you, he made, broke Spain's hearts, he did, because the great Pedro Costa was just shadowing him but couldn't catch him, couldn't do anything about it. Uh, so that the Spanish, massive Spanish crowd had to see a Brit beat their hero. Uh, Jake yeah, Dick's do you know, seen... everyone keeps going on about Formula 1. You said it about five times, that how boring it was. I didn't think it was that boring. I, oh. I genuinely think, because of the speed, that how close it was yeah. to the wall all the time, I genuinely yeah. think that we've had... Most of the most of Formula 1's like that, a Red Bull procession. They had... Yeah, uh, yeah but it's yeah. usually a bit we're overtaking in the mid-pack. They're just... just, yeah. just yeah. No, I know what you might agree when I said it's a spectacular track to watch yeah. Formula 1 cars go around. I could think of a um, lot worse. So Jake, Jake Dixon finished sixth. Yep. Moto3, Scott Ogden had a good race. He's, he qualified 11th, but he always drops back at the start. He doesn't seem to be quite aggressive enough. He's fallen off quite a few times. He's probably being a bit careful. He dropped down to about 15th at one stage. We finished 12th on the back of the sort of pack. Um, but at least Spain were happy. The Spanish crowd were pleased because Ivan Ortula, something like that, um, won amazing nine bikes, nine, nine bikes, almost nine abreast into the last corner. Uh, fantastic racing for the Moto3 boys. Um, do you watch the bikes much? You know, no, not much. So I, I like it when I put it on, but I forget to put it on. So <laughs> I, do, I do like watching it, but I, I just amazing record, how record. But you know, there's a recording system. No, it's very good because you can watch it times thirty. I think the Sam Lowe's winning the Moto Three race took about three minutes of my life <laughs> times thirty. I quite um, like all the highlights that they have on various different channels and YouTube and stuff. I quite like uh, highlights, but uh, you don't really get a feel for it with the highlights. No. So now we go west even more, over the Atlantic Ocean to IndyCar, this most amazing barber motorsport circuit. That's just, did you watch any of that? Yeah, I did, yeah. You said, yeah, I love it. Beautiful yeah. track. Oh, yeah. Just undulating. Most of it's just a white line grass, beautiful grass. You can see the line of the track. Um, a few gravel traps where it's really important. Um, but difficult to overtake. So it's not well known for its overtaking around here. Um, the 27 cars, you know, the opening laps, the ball up and over the hill. It was just great sight. Um, 
and Roman Grosjean took pole position. We're still waiting for Roman's, and had this, it was dominated really by Roman and the and the Kiwi Scott. Why are you so obsessed with Roman Grosjean winning a uh, winning a uh, an Indy? Because I like Roman Grosjean. Why? And he hasn't won a race since he's exactly. in Formula Two. Exactly. Because he hasn't had the right car. <laughs> now he's in equal equipment. But he still he's hasn't won a race. Showing his talents. No, when he got taken out at Long Beach, when not long at St. Petersburg, but he should have won. And this was just a fantastic battle. Um, don't, get, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think he's a lovely bloke and he shouldn't even be here. How that crash uh, that oh. happened in Bahrain was just... How he walked away from that is nuts. OK, so what, what were so, the main um, highlights? Well, of, the, the uh, problem is, well, the problem is, Barber Motorsport, is the length of the track and the way it works is always half between going for two stops, they refuel, or a three stop. Yeah. So this is a strategy. Awards problem it's, here. It's always, it always causes confusion. And of course, people say, you know, Formula E, they're, you know, energy saving. And they watch a bit of an IndyCar race. And of course, if you're a two-stopper, you have to save energy. Yeah. That's your choice. You can stop three times and fill up with fuel and race flat out, which is what McLaughlin was doing. Yeah. Whereas Roman was on the two-stopper. So it's different. And of course, the tyres, we talk about tyres I mentioned for Formula One. Maybe they should look at the tyre, the difference between the grade, mediums and softs. Um, because in IndyCar, they have the reds and the blacks. The blacks are quite a lot slower and the reds wear out, but you have to run both compounds at least once. So maybe the difference in their tyres works better. Anyway, it all came down to this fantastic battle where Grosjean was just holding off McLaughlin for lap after lap after lap. Um, and then when he went into pit, uh, McLaughlin obviously took the lead. Grosjean was running about seventh when he came back after his second stop. McLaughlin had to do one more stop. Uh, but McLaughlin charged on for a couple laps and then after his final stop came out just in front of Grosjean, but on cold tyres. Obviously, it's warmer in America and, the, and these tyres are, are used to being used. So now Roman's on the back of McLaughlin for this first lap out of the pits and did this most amazing overtake into the final corners. He went round the out... It was a, it's a right-left downhill. And Roman went round the outside of McLaughlin barged through to the left-hand side, clash of wheels, and took the lead. A fantastic overtaking manoeuvre. Now, McLaughlin then's in his tracks, and of course they got pushed to pass, which I think is way, way better than stupid DRS, because you use it to defend or attack, and you've got 200 seconds. You can use it in 20-second bursts. Uh, but Roman had used it all, I think, attacking McLaughlin when he came out of the pits. Didn't have as much left. Uh, but McLaughlin had kept McLaughlin. Awful word to say quickly. He kept a bit back and managed when Roman went wide going to the turn six or something, the left-hander. Um, McLaughlin got alongside of the exit and just managed to outpower him and went on to win. Um, so push to pass, really good. But I mean, you can't do that in Formula 1 because I think with all the different engine specifications, you know, you wouldn't be able to have a system that would be fair to all. So Well, you've got the battery save. Sort of... You've got the battery extra hybrid gives you another yeah, 100 horsepower, yeah. which, which I would like to know when the drivers are using that uh, on, on screen. I'd like to know what drivers are yeah, when using it and when because then they recharge it. And... But which not I quite should talk pass. about that. I meant to mention the sprint qualifying I really enjoyed in Formula 1. This Because they could only do because they have to back off, they have to save battery. They could only do two laps each. And so they all went out and did a slow lap, and they all did a fast lap, which gave a lap first grid position. Then they all had to do a slow lap to recharge and cool their tyres off. But nobody was out of sync. You didn't have this terrifying view of when they're, you know, when they're all going, some are going slow and others are still on a high-speed lap and holding people up. So I thought that was really entertaining. FP3, just give them one set of tyres. All on soft. Sorry to jump back, but what did you think of the spin race? Do you think we should do more spin races? I, I, you know, yeah. having the Friday qualifying was that right? Yeah. Friday qualifying, yeah. Saturday sprint. Yeah, I enjoy them. 
gives us three highlights. Gives us qualifying on a Friday, sprint on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying. Anyway, it's only people like you that don't have to go to work on a Friday, I guess. <laughs> I, might, I might have to work some Fridays. Uh, you can always record them, but no, I thought it was good. But anyway, that watching those Indy cars around there, brilliant, good to watch. Of course, they have their Formula Two in the NXT next. Well, we have four British drivers out there all trying to um, move up the ladder in America. Uh, Louis Foster was was lead qualified third. Uh, unfortunately, he was going for second place and went off. He might have his struggles to cope, he was saying afterwards. Um, Toby Sowery, who's always a talented driver, but always runs out of money, hasn't raced for a year and a half. Yeah, he came through the third place. Um, and Enam Ahmed, who was another autosport finalist, uh, he finished fourth. So we had two Brits. Although he's, and, and, and Enam is half Pakistani, half British. He flies under both flags. Uh, race dominated by this. How can you fly under both flags? Choose one. You've got to choose I know, one. I know. I know. Brian Cullen. He, what's what's he, Albert? It's Alexander he's, Albert. He's, he's Thai now. Is he? Yeah, I don't know. Well, whoever pays him the money. Um, uh, Brian Cullen, who, he's born and bred Somerset, but of course his father's Irish. So uh, a mate of ours. So um, he flies under the island flag. But Where did he finish the weekend? Did we know? No, I don't know. We need to look. We need to follow up um, a bit more. But the Dane Christian Rasmussen. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. there's a fourth Brit. Uh, oh, get in there. Get in there. Okay. Get in there. Just going to say, we'll come to that. I thought last. <laughs> the race was dominated by uh, this Dane who won. He's in his second year, whereas Louis Foster, rookie, and so is uh, Enman Abbott. But yes, there was another Brit out there, uh, Jamie Chadwick, who. I think she's brave going for this. It's obviously a good deal to go away from maybe mainstream um, mainstream journalists and stuff. But yeah, she qualified 17th and the 18th. Uh, got clattered. They had three wides for the first term with her on the outside. Put a few laps down, didn't it, Tiff? But yeah, but that, they, yeah. they changed the front suspension. They just wanted to give her mileage. You know, she just needs more mileage in these yeah. cars. Um, she actually was the last quali- last person still running. She was qualified classified 11th but she was three laps down to be honest I, I, there's an Irishman out there as well, well. just on, on that subject I just hope that the people because we all would love to see a, a lady in Formula 1 but all these people yeah. are jumping on W Series for two years saying uh, Jamie Chabot who won it quite comfortably both years she should be in Formula 1 I hope they understand now the gap is just vast because we're talking yeah. Indy Lights here we're not even talking Indy Car Formula 1 um, the, the gap is quite vast at the moment and I'm sure it will change and she's one of the best drivers in the female drivers in yeah. the world well she was sponsored by Ronan is it Ronan let's get the name slightly wrong this, this New Zealand team that built That's that right. Formula 1 car because mm. um, apparently the um, entries to join the club in 2026 the FIA your applications went in last night I think there was rumour that Ronan was going to be one of them and they would guarantee a female driver now <laughs> unfortunately they can't guarantee because you have to get a super licence Um but obviously, but there's still people are trying to do it. But you do, I think we should. If they cheat the super license to get a woman in, I think that wouldn't do women's sport any Look, good we, at all. We we love Jamie Chadwick. We know Ollie Chadwick, her brother as well. Um, they've yeah. both been on the show on the TV show. But but I just think it just does show the gap between yeah. the the uh, men and the women at the moment. Well, I'm sure Jamie, you know, she could step into a GT3 car now and have a wonderful career, you know, yeah. like like Wadu and the other, the Iron Dames, the three women that won their classes. But Sebring, didn't they, do a really good job? So there's plenty of other opportunities. You don't have to be a Grand Prix driver. One other final story also out in America is Matteo Nanini, who's the nephew of um, Alessandro Nanini, the uh, former Grand Prix driver. 
he also had a controversial clash, which I think he's taken his European uh, driving habits to America. <laughs> he was, he and someone out say he got half a car length overtaking through the left hand of the pit straight. And then once they got to the straight, he just moved over. And the guy was sitting there, you know, and, and so Nanini went around the front of the American driver and hit the wall, took them both out. And Nanini just said, wasn't my fault. And even though the stewards actually didn't say it was his fault, well, it obviously was. Maybe they didn't want to upset an Italian. <laughs> so also in America, we didn't have any NASCAR racing to keep you awake last night. We rained off. In fact, it's happening about now. About now, oh, uh, they are going around the Dover Mile. So that was rained off. So with, we didn't with, have any more course, excitement. With about a thousand people watching, I expect. Yeah, Monday. Monday. I don't. It's probably not a bank holiday in America, is it? Um, down to Australia as we continue around the world. The Aussie supercars at Wanneroo, mate. Wanneroo. <laughs> Good accent there. And uh, still no joy for the Mustangs. Ford's still nowhere. Uh, but they finished third. That's podiums. But um, the Camaros were first and second in all three races. Winners for Van Gisbergen, Will Brown and Brock Feeney. Um, I need someone. I tried to Google it. But websites are so annoying. And all flower. All you want is facts. I wanted to find out how they qualify for the three races. So Van Ginsbergen was pole and one, and then he was down the middle, and he was up and down. And it seems to be hard to sort of uh, win them all or be up the front. So they must, I don't know, got reverse grids. Or I tried to find the details, but the website, so many websites just have flower and fluff, and you want <laughs> facts. Because in fact, the championship leader was is Brody Kostecki, who've had two seconds and a third. So he didn't win any races, but he's now moving to the points lead. So I need, we need an Australian correspondent to uh, write to us or put comments below how they qualify get for three races. We don't get comments. Which That's because you, your website's wrong. You need to get it checked well, out. Well, hopefully just... it's because people are listening to it on their way to work or where they're going. Um, you know, so hopefully it's, it's that reason. That's what I'm going <laughs> to convince myself anyway. <laughs> so apologies for not knowing more Supergirl stuff, but all I do know is the Camaros is still upsetting the, the uh, Mustangs. And all the way home we come, all to super bikes. who are still going on today. So there's two races today. I don't know. The only bank holidays motorsport I know of, of mainstream. Um, but yesterday, 40-year-old Josh Brooks, 40-year-old still racing bikes. The Aussie, incredible. He won on the BMW to extend his championship lead and might be winning more as we speak. Um, and then finally, as we said, we were looking at the FIA Academy. This, uh, I don't know, this new... Um, was it five teams, three cars, 15 cars? They were down at... You can't see it because they seem to not want to have it on television why, for some why reason. Why wasn't it live streaming? I mean, Caitlin live streamed on YouTube. Just live stream it on YouTube. I know. Why, why was it not in Baku? So this is the, the, the <laughs> what was the W Series, effectively. Yeah. It's the, the ladies' series now, the F1 Academy. So now why, wasn't why wasn't it in Baku? Maybe they were thought they'd be embarrassed by the fact that one team got caught for cheating. <laughs> it did have an embarrassing start. Because um, Abby Pulling, who we thought, you know, the, the British right, driver, we thought she might win. She was on pole. She got two pole positions in wet qualifying. But then the Carlin, the three Carlin cars all got chucked out for some uh, not homologated part on the front of the floor or something. Some little technical infringement had them all stuck at the back of the grid. So that was the first embarrassment. Um, anyway, there didn't seem to be much overtaking. Uh, the, the Spanish girl, Marta Garcia, who was one of the W Series front runners, she had two wins. The Emirati, Amna Al-Kwasabi, Kwabasi, won the reverse grid rates. Um, 
which is quite a surprise that nobody else came through. The British drummer, Jessica Enka, the best Brit was Jessica Enka, who came third in the first race. I mean, pulling out a couple of fourths in the Scott, Chloe Grant, and the best of ninth. So it didn't seem like there was much excitement in the race reports. But how so can it be the F1 Academy that doesn't follow the F1? Well, because the F1 are pay, FA are paying for it. Well, yeah, I realise that, but we call it something else then. Call it something else Academy. But if F1 Academy, uh, surely it should follow the Formula 1 races. Should should go to the... Well, it's coming. The final round is, and apparently next year there will be. I think they didn't want to start with a, you know big hurrah like W Series perhaps overdid and, and not look good. It doesn't sound like the first three races were that exciting. So yeah, I think I think not a bad idea. Why put pressure on the girls and boys? Boys, girls and women, I was about to say. Well, um, hang on a minute. Put pressure. You think the girls would prefer to be racing in Austria, the ladies, women, would prefer to be racing in Austria than with the Formula One guys in back No, I know they prefer it, but maybe all the media pressure, they all have to interview and stand in line, don't they, for the W Series? They're all up for they PR. They love it. And press. They love it. That's why they're doing it. Well, anyway, they're now paying 150 grand each to not love it down in... Austria, if they they were loving it, they were still loving it. Less so 150 pressure. grand each, all expenses paid, everything paid for. How many drivers? No, I, don't, I don't know about expenses. 16 again? Or is you it... have to pay it. It's 50, it's five teams of three. Okay. And and is there the half million dollar prize money that no, no money? No, no, it's just a it's just a budget race series with a lot of help and advice and teaching and coaching. I mean it's 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 Formula Four. It's not a W series is equivalent to Formula Three yeah. and a half. So it's just right back to the, to the ground, grassroots. It's really to attract carters out of carts into cars. I think that's the sort of theme for the future. It's certainly not making a Formula One driver tomorrow. Okay. But it, so might, anyway. attract, it might attract the uh, Formula One driver of tomorrow. It will. I and mean, there's going to be more Grand Prix tracks next year. I think they're, they're, right. they're right to have a quiet launch. Okay. So... Uh, I would like to see it still being televised or, or live streamed on YouTube. Um, Tiff, next week, uh, oh, I know, I know, I know there's beach, baby. Oh, no, there's a bigger one than that. There's a bigger one than Miami Beach. Oh, not a catering race, is it? No, I'm in Monaco with Cupra for the Formula oh, E. Stop, Monte Carlo, Formula E. I know. I think, do you know, it works there, actually. I think it's a... I'm a big fan of Formula E. I'm, I've mentioned that a few times on this <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going in Monaco because I said last week you know they're getting these bigger tracks and they all don't want to leak so we're trying to save so we interested to see what happens and you're going to be coming back with a report I told you last time full report about of the, night, of the nightclubs about of how the embarrassing it is that they all have to <laughs> save too much energy and how stupid it is they take time attack just to, to not attack the beaches, yeah. the food, yeah. I'll More full, importantly, what report. celebrities are going to be on the grid in Miami? This is the most important thing. Formula One can recover from the embarrassment of uh, Baku by having some real proper um, celebrities for Martin. I'm, I'm going to name two, and then you've got to name two. Brad Pitt, Usain Bolt, they'll both be there. <laughs> and a basketball player of some sort. And a couple of Miami no, Dolphins players. I don't care. <laughs> um, Superbikes in Barcelona. Uh, still in Spain, the Formula Academy women, ladies, girls are in Valencia. So that's they're having another triple header this weekend. Uh, NASCAR goes up to the one and a half mile Kansas Speedway. But for British um, circuit goers, instead of television watchers, they've got a choice this weekend. BTCC at Brands Hatch and British GT at Silverstone. So obviously with the BTCC, we had a fantastic first weekend at Donington. And I'm sure they'll be banging doors down at Brands Hatch. 
or for a bit more sophistication, British GT also banged doors are at Silverstone. So masses of more motorsport next weekend. Including Cupra, Formula E, Monte Carlo. And on that note, thanks for watching. Uh, wish Tiff um, good luck with his uh, football team who are going down. And uh, see you next week. Ha, 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 ha.